2: Kind of coke channeling your inner leandro low right what are we talking about oh what's up guys
0: the
1: Personal attack. <laughs> welcome <right>? back <laughs> the
0: welcome it. back no, no, no i if mean it, if, it if it's good enough for leandro it's good enough for you right i quit coca-cola i don't the, drink it anymore the ambush i don't know the what ambush. you're talking about oh it's something. i don't know <laughs> yeah. what you're talking about <laughs> ah, interesting <laughs> Full Grappling, A
2: Fistful of Colors podcast back once again. Welcome, guys. Will Safford, Chase Smith, Rick Connell, myself, Howell Teague, here to talk about all things jiu-jitsu, good, bad, and the ugly, sticking with the theme. So, guys, mm. man, we're like a week out from PANS, okay, which is one of our biggest tournaments of the year. Uh, personally, I'm super pumped for that. I know about you guys. Very exciting. Stoked. Yeah, yeah. Right. Very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. PANS Get is like one of the here. best events of the year. Definitely. It is, it is, yeah. PANS is like, it's, uh, it's probably, I think, after Worlds, it's probably the most prestigious of the IBJJF events, right?
1: Yeah, it's a good
0: precursor to Worlds, you know, you're going to see a lot of the same guys, I think, but uh, that means you get to see mo- twice as many badass matches. So.
2: For sure, and I guess as a precursor as well, it kind of gives us an idea of what to expect, right? Mm-hmm. You know, usually uh, the Europeans, PANS, Brasileiros, Brazilian Nationals, and Worlds, they're considered the IBJJF Grand Slam, the, the four major tournaments,
0: but... Pans is so close to Worlds, so it just kind of leads nicely into it. Or like right? last year at Pans, right, uh, Leandro Lowe and Nicholas Marigali fought twice. Nicholas Marigali uh, lost both times to Leandro Lowe. He goes back just a couple months later at Worlds, does
3: the unthinkable, beats yeah. Leandro Lowe. It kind of like sets up the storyline for Worlds, yeah. you know, yeah. like Izaki Behance got triangled in the final last year, right? But then he came back, he had a good showing at Worlds, but like, man, he was hungry for, mm-hmm. for that gold at, at Worlds. Yeah. I just like
1: that it's the middle of the season. Guys have, are definitely warmed up. They've competed maybe four or five times already in the year, and they've they've got their A game developed. And it's
2: yeah, it's, it's, that's a good yeah. point because Europeans starts like immediately. You know, starts a year in January, and people are like. Christmas is pretty much the only off-season that they get, right? So they go home and they maybe spend some time with their family. They maybe put on a little bit of weight. You usually see guys in, like, different weight classes at Europeans. Oh, mm-hmm. But, like, PANS, good two months later, like, they're well into the swing of training and stuff. So, man, I'm, I'm expecting a lot. Our predictions video uh, went up live on our Facebook and our site yesterday. Me and Reed went head-to-head on the whiteboard, uh, picking our PANS podium finishers. Uh, Go check that out. If you haven't yet, you'll see it, and we'll be uploading it every single day. How and I made a bet. We did make a bet. bet. So (laughs) my particular bet is that I see Keenan finally getting the pan-absolute black belt title, and my prediction was that he would take Leandro in the final.
0: Whereas, Reed, you chose... Well, I chose Leandro to to take the whole thing, (gasps) you know, just like he did last year, Uh, kind of a repeat of last year. So I think we'll see Joao and Leandro in the finals there again. And uh, Leandro will reign supreme. Well, this leads nicely into our
2: big topic, which, of course, is that we have released our rankings. Now, uh, rankings, of course, jujitsu is something that's kind of new. We talked a little bit about it last week. But uh, this kind of allows Keenan the opportunity to solidify his position in the rankings. Because, Will, clue us up on this. But Keenan, um, he's not doing so great in the rankings currently, right?
3: Currently, well, he didn't compete in any of the big tournaments last year. He got hurt right before Pans, hurt his knee. So missed Pans in 2017, was out for Worlds as well, and then came back after Worlds. And then he competed uh, quite a bit in some of the smaller tournaments, but it's those big ones that really kind of determine your place in the rankings.
2: And Leandro's number
3: one at heavyweight. That's right. So we
2: could see Keenan sliding in there. But, of course, he's a super heavyweight at this, this tournament, which is unusual because we were expecting to see him at heavyweight. So, man, what do you think? Like,
3: this is going to affect the pound-for-pound pound ranking more than the, the weight divisions? I think we'll see definitely the pound-for-pound pound rankings on this one. Yeah, Keenan, I, I expect to, to be on the rankings finally, which uh, everyone was kind of calling us out for him missing there. Uh, but, you know, Leandro Lowe in heavyweight, I don't see anybody messing with him at number one. I mm. hope they fight it
0: in the absolute division. though. No, that's that's the fight for sure. That's the match for sure. Keenan versus Leandro. They fought at the uh, 2016 Worlds. They fought twice at 2016 Worlds. We haven't seen them fight since then. Uh, a lot has happened, obviously, in Keenan's career in Leandro's career. It's a
1: new whole crazy new mix of uh, some crazy storylines, right? Like Leandro yeah. bulked up after that whole year. Yeah. That whole story last year of him getting huge. Well, now he's now we're here, and you know Keenan was out for so long, but now he's been lifting a lot as well, putting on some weight. Says so. he's two
2: fifteen in the ghee. So, Keenan, that's, that's Keenan a big Keenan went away. Keenan.
0: It feels like his, his kind of rebirth here, it's almost like a little bit of a, a Keenan 2.0 type of thing. You know, I think he's, uh, he looks like he's coming out with a vengeance. So, I think that's the match. Keenan versus Leandro. I hope yeah. we get to see it at Pan. You know, they've, they fought a bunch of times, right? And Keenan does
2: have a win over Leandro. It was back in 2014. and He went on points. But, I mean, the Leandro from 2014 and the Leandro from now... Two different things. Light years things, away, You wouldn't right? recognize yeah. him. Yeah. No, physically completely different. And and like you said, this is a new, improved Keenan as well. So, you know, if Leandro, he, he lost to Keenan that, that one time all the way back like four years ago, and he's beaten Keenan, I think, like four times since. Man, I think Keenan's got to be pretty hungry going into this match then, huh? Keenan's
3: also been competing a ton as well, right? And I don't know, the last major news story we had on Leandro Lowe was... Getting
2: smashed over the head. Getting smashed in the head, <laughs> so yeah.
3: doesn't matter. That's, the, that's when Leandro's at his prime Leandro, all
2: right? So Everyone trains how you out. know. Exactly. <laughs> <exactly. Yeah. laughs>
1: <laughs> Keeping it real, training on the streets. Wow, street certified. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, uh, Keenan. Keenan's position in the Absolute Division as well opens up something that we want to talk about, and that's, uh, that's closeouts, right? Because Keenan closed out the uh, European Absolute Division with his teammate Lucas Hulk Barbosa, and we saw something unprecedented in jiu-jitsu last weekend. I don't think I've ever seen this before, ever. We saw the absolute podium at the San Francisco Open. Four teammates. Gold, silver, bronze, bronze. Atos closed out the entire thing. Now I think I need to double-check it, but it was Keenan, uh, it was Lucas Hogg, it was Gustavo Batista, and... Uh, Vasconcelos? Vasconcelos? Yeah, yeah Rafael yeah. Vasconcelos. So two new guys to Atos. Obviously, they're beefing up their squad. But Let's talk about closeouts because there's a potential we could possibly see some more at pans, right? The Gracie mm-hmm. Baja guys. We've picked Otavio and Gabriel as a pretty strong chance that they're going to close out middleweight there. And you Alliance know, always has guys. These are
0: a Costa, yeah, to, uh, yeah. Have a
2: lot of the lower weights. The, so. colored belts and stuff, yeah. So you know, there's, there's, it's it's a thing, right? We see closeouts happen all the time. But what do we think about that closeouts? Do we like them? Do we
0: not? Are they good for the sport? Are they bad? Who wants to start? Man, I think we've, we've been lucky these last couple of years. We haven't seen a lot of closeouts. For, for, I feel like for a little bit, closeouts were really looked down upon. And so maybe there weren't as many these last couple of years. You know, we were lucky. Worlds, there was only Otavio um, and Gabriel closed out in 2016. Was there any in 2017, any closeouts at Worlds? Not in the men's division. Man, I think
2: there was one in the women's division. Yeah. There was Gracie Umaita, I oh, think I Maxine. That might have yeah. been Pans
0: last year. Was it Worlds 2? Worlds 2, World's two. two World's yeah, like, okay. f- like Feather. So, feather. So, so really, we've been uh, pretty lucky, I feel like. We haven't had too many of those closeouts. Closeouts haven't reared their ugly head. I think it's a pretty ugly head. I was um, going to say, <laughs>
2: if you're lucky that we haven't seen them, that means you're not a fan. Yes,
0: d- definitely not a fan. I mean, I, I remember uh, at, um, at uh, 2016 Worlds, right, when um, Gabriel and Octavio... Um, Closed out, and as, as well liked as those guys are, and as big as a contingent Gracie Baja has, I remember hearing the, the crowd boo because like mm-hmm. no, I feel like nobody likes closeouts, man, and and it's an unfortunate thing to have to. Um, I understand you don't want to fight the guy that you train, you bl- you bleed sweat and tears with a- every day, you know. I can understand, but as a fan, it's 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 just a, it's such a terrible thing for the sport. You don't want like. A, you know, a Golden State Warriors type of, of jiu-jitsu team you, you know you want those all those guys to, to fight each other you know like that's what's gonna
1: create this a healthy environment of competition well that's so kind we, of the yeah. crux right like everyone understands everyone can uh, imagine themselves trying to fight their friend their teammate and they realize that kind of sucks but everyone also watches and like damn I, I don't get a final you
3: wait all day get to the semi-finals Huge and, it, anticlimax. and it's over yeah. and it maybe devil- there's two in a row and but as, as much as we all hate him <cocktail> i do understand them though right because like you guys are saying you don't want to fight your teammate but also you might know that one trick to your teammates guard or you know how he passes to to, to beat him and then if you show the world like hey this is how you right. handle this guy you know this you is jujitsu. This is jujitsu. There's no tricks to it,
0: right? There's no like little <gasps> tricks.
3: Maybe to back it. in the day, I don't, I, don't, when
0: there were no. Video I don't. I don't buy the argument. I don't buy the argument because I know Keenan says this too sometimes, where he says we're like, "Oh, Hulk has the the one trick that if if people knew this, I'd be screwed." And <laughs> I'm like, I I don't know. I don't. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Jiu-Jitsu black belts hate him for
2: his secret tricks, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, you know, we were talking about closeouts, and everybody hates them. Personally, I'm, I'm the same as you guys, man. I want to see a match at the end of that division. That's what we're there for. We want to see that showdown. We want to see that decisive moment. But there's one people, well, there's one person, but there's one group of people who obviously love closeouts that's the team coaches, right? Because when they get there to the, the podium at the end of the tournament and the, the team trophies are being presented, well, of course, if there's a gold and silver, that's more points than they would have got for a gold and a bronze or whatever it might be, right? So, you know, but is it fair? Because these teams are loading the brackets for, like top talent and they're placed on opposite sides. UAE, JJF, for example, they'll seed teammates on the same side of a bracket so they'll never meet later than the
1: semifinal. Do you think that's the solution here? I think it's a solution, but maybe not the best one. We've seen a lot of UAE matches where none of us are too thrilled when there's two teammates fighting. You know, it's just sort of anticlimactic in its own unique way. And And there's a lot of fixed matches. And there's some of the fixed matches. No, there's a ton of fixed matches. (laughs) Definitely. Let's Let's be straight here because this is
2: something that we've had to dance around a little bit in UAE JJF you know they, I, I think that they're doing the right thing they're trying to make it so the teammates aren't facing off in the finals because they don't want to close out there's prize money on the line right mm. but what happened is guys are getting to a semi-final and you see two guys who are super competitive and one guy will like basically just give an arm a minute in or will get guillotined or something or toehold something you never see them tap out to in a minute to a teammate, and then of course, backstage you see them they 're splitting the cash
0: I think credit to, to UAJJF jJf for for at least trying to change the culture there you know because it does seem like there is a culture where guys don't want to fight their teammates you know whether that's a sport thing or so how do you fix it penalties do you
2: do you DQ them?
0: you see a suspected fixed
2: match and you just say, right, okay, you guys are not going hard enough and I know it's subjective, but the referee's got to be super on top of who those guys are, I would straight out DQ them. Fixed match, both out, no points. Opens the can Other can of worms, side of the final. Yeah, How no. do
1: you judge what is fixed if it looks like a legit submission and you know better? There's some kind of intangible element that you really can't put down on paper. Um, it seems like it's risky to just leave it in the hands of a referee to say, yeah. nope, that was yeah. fixed. Yeah, I think you know, it's a good
0: good point to, to what is the solution to all of it, you know? ADCC
3: do the same, though, right? I have a question for you. So you're the big MMA guy. In MMA, do they ever fight, the two guys from the same team ever fight each other in MMA? Yeah,
0: not, not too often. Um, but I think it's like, it's less, it's a little less tribal, I think, in MMA, whereas like you know, sometimes you go, like uh, guys in MMA go to a coach for, for this t- amount of time and then they go to another coach. Where I feel like it's um, in jiu jitsu, you know, a lot of these guys are, you know, join this gym when they're 12 years, join Gracie Baja when they're 12 years old and they're Gracie Baja till they die, you know. And so I feel like, like, in that case, like these Gracie Baja guys, you know, like they're, they're on the same team. Whereas, like, MMA, it feels uh, like. I'm on my team and you're on your team, you know, like it just feels a little more, more, more separate. But
2: sometimes but. when we've seen teammates in MMA uh, fight each other, one guy will just straight out leave the gym, right? He'll leave the gym, go somewhere else, get his own kind of squad of guys, and then like quite often never go back. Mm. So can create a big schism. In jiu-jitsu, though, I think it's good because at least they're not kicking each other in the face, right? So, mm. But ADCC, just go back to the, to the whole referee thing, they, yeah. they, they see teammates as early as the opening or second round, and they are ruthless. Like, if they feel that the match... Because is different, right? they got the center ref, and then they got the table of judges and the point scorers. And those guys are like... They'll, say, they'll stop the match, call the referee over, and they'll issue a warning, and they'll say, we don't think they're going hard enough. Go give them a penalty. So, I
1: don't know. There's something special about ADCC, though. I mean, yeah. there's, there's more on the line than just money. I mean, people really want to be an ADCC champion. I don't think I'd be willing to bargain that away if mm. I made it that far, so... I don't know how you get there for other events, but I think that's really what's on the line is is that title. Well,
2: maybe there's a cap on the amount of teammates or the amount of members per team that are, that they could enter or per division.
0: Well, and this is what I, uh, Andre commented on our Facebook. I think that's like worth talk, worth mentioning because a loophole. Yeah, well, because he he mentioned that like. Atos International versus Atos USA; those guys can fight in, in the quarterfinals. It's it's not like quite
3: the, the same thing, right? And
1: their points don't well, add they don't to get
3: the Atos the... team points. It was they more are... so about the, about the points. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't both yeah. add up to like Atos overall. They're they're individual points for each individual team. So that was one of the things, like, some of these teams have, just have strength in numbers. They have so many people registered that yeah. they're going to get the most points just on registrations. But those points are actually going to separate Atos teams. So to
2: explain, there is a limit of two members per team per division. But the loophole to get around that is by having a team A, team B, right? Mm-hmm. So you'll have Gracie Baja, A, Gracie Baja, B. Then you'll have Atos, like you say, International, Atos USA or Alliance Brazil, Alliance USA. Ooh. So they can have like sometimes up to like four or five guys in a division just by changing the team names. But of course the A team is usually the, the main guys and that's what go towards the team points. But I can understand that because like a team like Alliance, for example, they got a huge training center in Brazil, a huge one in the States, but then different places in the States, those guys never train together, right? I remember yeah. um, Manchikera of, uh, of Alliance, New York, when he was with Marcelo Garcia, that is, um, you know, he fought Michael Lange like, and, and he was like, I don't know that guy.
0: Johnny, know, Grip- yeah. Johnny Grippo and Cobrino. Cobrinha, Cobrinha and a little
2: bit closer, but I mean, you know, teams are so separate. They don't train together. They don't know each other that well. I don't see an issue. Keenan and Hulk, they-, they train together every, every day. single day in that room in San Diego, right?
1: So, I mean, I think it's worth mentioning why it would be worth the teams while to have a B and C squad. I mean, you can stack the brackets, right? So you could have maybe handshake matches or matches where you know that a guy goes ahead should they meet a C team player. So, even though the team points might not add up to the direct sum from these other B and C squads, you can surely uh, advance the A squad much more easily. Open up a path for point. Point. him. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, a lot of strategy going into this, right? But, but this has been going on for a long time, right? Like, we've right. had dominant teams, Gracie Baja in the 90s, right, early 2000s, then mm-hmm. it was Alliance. An alliance up until this <clears> point, really. Right, yeah. and they, have, they went us 10 us years, team. right? So, it's like... Man, you just gotta you gotta have the best jujitsu out there, really. You gotta yeah. beat them, right? Like yeah, that's gotta, be I, like trying to think of solutions. Like,
0: well, somebody's gotta beat them. You know, yeah, somebody's gotta beat that guy, and that's that's kind of like the only real solution. I feel like.
2: Well, I mean, pants. We were looking at those divisions, and in the black belts, at least, uh, we didn't identify that many divisions that could potentially be closeouts, right? You know, the middleweight obviously is a big one. Potentially the absolute, but of course, that's a little bit more uh, unpredictable, shall we say? And the brackets dictate everything, right? So. But uh, I don't know about you guys, but my fingers are firmly crossed that we're not going to see any closeouts at the, at the PANS next week.
0: Always, yeah. We'll find definitely. out, yeah.
2: All right, so uh, moving on to our next topic. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu, it's known as the gentle art, right? The, mm. the kind of the mangled Japanese translation is the gentle way, the gentle art. But Jiu-Jitsu, you got to remember, is designed to F people up, right? That is the whole point. It's a combat sport. We fight. Even though we're not throwing punches and stuff, you can do some damage. And certain promotions have certain rules that will obviously limit that damage, whereas other promotions, like hell yeah, go for it. One of those is Fight to Win Pro, and Fight to Win Pro, professional submission only jujitsu. They allow slams, and they don't just allow slams to escape submissions or through takedowns like ADCC, but they allow slams at any time during the match. So, what have we seen? We've seen guys, like, just pick a guy up in close guard and, like, repeatedly slam him to, like, actually pass the guard, right? That's
1: Seth Daniels, one of his favorite moves. The CEO of Fight to Win, he has plenty of matches on on the promotion, and if someone puts him in close guard, he will use the slam rule. Shout out to Seth Daniels, yeah. Guy's a savage, for sure, so. But um, one of my favorite parts of the slam, actually, is, like,
0: when people are in a triangle or people are are in a, a situation where, like, it's very obvious to slam, like the, the crowd will start yelling, slam, 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 you know, and then it starts picking up, and then the guy, you know, in the matches, they're like, oh yeah, I can slam, and then he
3: picks him up and slams him. So I feel like the, the crowd is really usually well-educated that, hey, you can slam. <laughs> Ow. One, thing, one thing I want to say before we get into, like, do we like slams or not, I've watched a ton of fight to wins, and they're not really all that effective, yeah. Like out of huh? all the, yeah, the guy he's still in close guard but you shook him up a little bit. Mm. Or you know, if we we're going to play a clip soon where the it took like 3 times for this girl to get out of out of this submission. Shit Right, let's that, let's uh, roll the, the clip. Baby. Let's take a look
2: we <laughs> we're talking about this because last weekend there was a match uh, fight to win. and uh, here we go and you can see bonk 2 3
0: and just about manages to pull her arm out. So going for an armbar there, right? Kind of classic situation, I feel like, that you you frequently get into in jiu-jitsu. All right, Uh, so hang
2: on. Let me ask you guys a question.
0: You get put in an armbar.
1: Would you pick the guy up and dump him on his head? I mean, a fight to win? (laughs) 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 A fight to win? Maybe. I guess it depends on the position. Um, No one wants to hurt their opponent. Would you do it in the gym? no. No. Certainly not in the gym,
0: but I mean, like... I feel like we've all been in that situation We're on on an arm bar. I mean, it's there, right? It's it's there to... Just to, deadlift to, the guy. <laughs> yeah, that, like, if you really need to get out of that s- submission, like, it is there.
3: Can we all agree, though, that there there's an escape for every submission out there? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. I, I think it's it's better for me as a... When I watch jiu-jitsu, I would rather see someone endure a submission attempt and then use technique to get out of it. Yeah, but I gotta say, I I love
2: watching those highlight clips of like MMA guys picking somebody up and knocking their opponent out. And we'll go a watch slam. MMA. No, but, well, I mean, it's a fight, right? It's 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 a match, and it's like it's a professional. Ooh, thing, is it so a match okay. or is it a fight? Yeah, uh, a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the Fight to win. Uh, okay, say, say. <laughs> but, No, okay. So we don't see this in IBJJF. And I completely agree with that because those IBJJF mats are rock hard, right? And so this, is, you know, and this is professional
0: jiu-jitsu that we're doing. Fight to win is a professional jiu-jitsu organization. Yeah, so the stakes
2: are higher,
0: right? But what's the It's stage different like? than IBJJF. Anyway.
2: So we have actually two fight to win pro veterans right here. <laughs> yes, what's the right.
1: stage like? Is it is it spongy? Is it sprung? It's definitely uh, very springy. There's yeah. probably some plywood and
0: springs. And, and then the, No, they do put uh, wrestling mats, you know, um, like they have cut up wrestling mats. And basically. a canvas over the top? Um, yeah, yeah, wrestling mats. And then... And then, yeah, like a nice nice little canvas over the top. Okay,
2: yeah. so you're getting dumped on that. You know, we saw that girl it's eat. A sm- it's a very
0: smooth canvas. It's yeah. Like a
2: vinyl. Yeah, so right, we, saw, yeah. we saw a girl eat those three big dumps on the head right there. Okay, but she didn't seem too phased by it, right? I remember 2015 ADCC, uh, Gio Martinez was competing against Jeff Glover, right? Mm-hmm. Jeff yeah. got him in a triangle. Yeah. And man, I remember... ADCC rules, you're only allowed to slam a guy from that position if to escape a submission, right? You can slam a guy during a takedown, but you can't just pick a guy up from the guard and slam him, right? So Gio's inside the triangle, and Eddie Bravo, right next to me coaching, all the 10th Planet guys are kind of, you know, Gio's brother, mm. Richie and stuff, and they're all saying to Gio, Gio, slam him! Like, pick him up, slam him! And Gio's kind of looking at them, and you could see the doubt in his face, and he's <laughs> like... Man, I don't know if I want to. And and, and like, they're like, just fucking do it, slam him. So he picks him up, boom, he slams you. Man, it was like, jigsaw mats on a hard cement Ooh. like volleyball court or something Brazil, yeah and, and, and Glover was screwed. he looked out of it like, yeah, the rest of the would, match he, like, legendary just, match just, legendary just match. right up like almost like a flash knockout yeah right? yeah
0: because like it, it, he lets go of the triangle right and you, <laughs> you're, you're like oh it's alright and then you, you see him he kind of like turtles up right yeah yeah like, and he's like, kind of like he passes yeah. he's and, like, and it feels like he's kind of like <laughs> looking around doesn't really know and you're like oh man that slam was that was
2: nasty yeah
0: so you know but
2: Gio you could see it in his face and even afterwards he saw me he was like man I felt bad it's like, because we're taught, oh,
3: yeah, you know, be nice to your opponent. You know what else um, helps get out of a submission? You know, how you can escape a submission? Mm. Punching a guy in the face. So, like, uh, I see a slam as almost like a strike, right? Mm. It's like a kick or a punch. You're, using, you're just you're striking him with the ground as opposed to, like, your own body. So, But you're
1: opening up that strike maybe by doing what might be bad grappling. I mean, yeah, you're letting yourself sure. get picked
3: up. Like, jud-
1: judo
2: rules. If you have, like, an armbar from bottom, from, you know, you hit, like, an armbar from guard or something... And the guy stands up and you lift off the floor, even if it's a one fraction of an inch, referee immediately stops the match and restarts. Mm. Because, well, I mean, the potential for damage to drop you on your head is considered unrealistic and dangerous. So just put, no, restart. So maybe yeah. the guy should just do what they, they say and fight to win. Now, guys are adapting the game. They go for that submission from a guard. First thing they're thinking about is, I gotta hook that
3: goddamn leg, mm. right? It's true. I just don't think it's all that exciting either. Like, I'm. I'm are you kidding
1: me? It's one of the most shared clips we ever put up. Are these slams? And
3: and it's <laughs> yeah. true. When when people start slamming at the at the event, the crowd goes crazy. People love it. You know what people like too? WWE. Ton of slams. in <laughs> <laughs> You know why uh, people like WWE? Because there are so many slams. Well, so maybe you yeah. guys would like to watch some WWE
0: if if they started <laughs> slamming people through tables at Fight to Win. I'd want to. Hey, I anybody mean, <laughs> You
1: know? ideas? Just throw some chairs up on the, on the, yeah. on the mat. It
3: could be next.
2: Who knows? I mean, some of those outfits I've seen the Fight to Win competitors wear, it's not far off WWE. Right? <laughs> some
1: singlets and stuff. We need so. more combat boots, you know, just some other accessories up there. The
3: one thing I will say, though, is that when you fight, if you agree to fight in Fight to Win, you know the rules. Yeah, so good you're point. accepting them, you know, ADCC, you're accepting those rules. Be prepared to be slammed on your head. Yeah, it's true. And they
2: don't adapt the rules, right? It's like it's the same rules for every show, every match. You know, they have no...
0: I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty gi, sure gi, right? teens and stuff, they can't slam. You know, kids and teens can't slam. That's true. Right. Yes. So, purple belt and up.
2: In the gi or no
0: gi, you can slam. Uh, you can't
1: reap or heel hook in the gi. Uh, am I right? Yep, you're right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, so. I mean, let's talk about the results here. I haven't heard of any lasting injuries from the slams. where 60-plus events in at Fight to Win. We see some pretty nasty ones. So, I mean... But it only takes one. It does only take one. But, in the words of... Ivan Drago. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No one would ever want to see that. Um, but I think it's interesting. We have seen 60 plus real shows where there are slams, and you know nothing has happened that's been a catastrophe. Thankfully, so. I, I was gonna say like, if we could just like roll, play this clip just once once more. Like I feel like they're not.
0: Um, I don't know. They don't feel like extremely malicious slams to me. You know. Like I feel
1: like. It is it, that first one's scary, man. When the, the neck is a little bit straight, yeah, that's yeah. On the yeah, cervical spine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the first yeah. one was like yeah. on the neck. The yeah. other two
3: were on the shoulders. Like, right? But you see, they weren't effective. The first two were not but effective. But she's out of the armbar. I think that's
2: effective to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. point. True. But we have seen some instances of people getting hurt, you know, via slams. And speaking as somebody who's like had neck issues in the past, I just would not compete and fight to win because I would not want somebody to pick me up and, and dump me arm. on my head. Yeah, yeah. But don't don't play close guard. Don't don't play like half
0: of the bottom game Jiu-Jitsu or something.
2: Sounds like a
1: you know? uh, so weakness in your jujitsu jitsu In combat.
0: <laughs> do, do, you know, <laughs> do you know in combat jiu-jitsu are they allowed to slam? Do you know?
2: Oh man, I don't know. Like I guess people have been so focused on the slapping that they've gone about the slams, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Good point. I'm Eddie Bravo,
2: if you haven't put slams into combat Jiu-Jitsu maybe you should. Keep <laughs> it real, right? Interesting. All right, so slams. It seems that you're in a minority here, Will. Three against one, but
1: uh, I mean, I'm, I'm on the fence. I don't know. It's hard to context matters. Yeah, I don't think it should be allowed at, at open tournaments, IBJJF events, pro shows. I agree. You I know. agree.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, ADCC. Yeah, fight to win. Slightly different animal to a uh, some Houston yeah, open so I'm or open or something, right? Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm in favor of what of, of fight to win their their rule set. I like their rule set. Cool. All right. So a big event,
2: big announcement that has uh, come out very recently is that UAE JJF, that's the United Arab Emirates Jiu-Jitsu Federation, famous for the Abu Dhabi World Pro uh, annual extravaganza and the Grand Slam series of events around the world, just announced this gigantic mega tournament, King of Mats. Sounds like a video game, right? King of Mats. With the <laughs> roster, it basically
1: should be. It's, it's like the ultimate list of champions. Yeah, um, so explain. What is King of Mats? So it's the 10th anniversary of World Pros. It's their 10th one this year. And so they've invited back every champion from the previous nine years of competition back for this King of Mats special event. It's not an open tournament. You have to have won either the World Pro or been a medalist at Grand Slam as a backup in case someone doesn't want to come. Uh, divisions are a minimum of six people and a maximum of ten and they're all competing for a pot of two hundred thousand dollars US. And we're talking about people like Buchecha, Adolfo Vieira, Andre Galval, Lucas Lepre, they've all been invited. We don't know who's going quite yet.
2: Man that's a good point. You look at the list of uh, World Pro winners from the last 12 years Mendez brothers, Tanquino, like an endless list of huge, huge names. I mean, some active, some aren't. So, whether we'll see those guys come back, but 200
1: grand of prizes? It's crazy. And we might, might, might see some generational battles, like Alexandre Saccone is in and Felipe Pena is also invited. So, it's mm-hmm. like, man, we could see some dream matchups at this event. And it's all in one day. It's just going to be like four hours of just perfect jiu so.
2: And there's something else different as well
3: that they're doing is there's only three weight classes, right? Right. Light, middle, and heavyweight.
1: Hmm. Mm. Do you know
3: if this is going to be like they're going to do this again or is this just a one-time deal for... Uh,
1: at this moment, it does say they might bring the tour on the road on mm. kingandmats.com if you guys want to check that out. That's the official website and it does leave the door open for future events. I would love to see a, a traveling show that has this kind of talent every That's got to be the biggest payday
3: of any Professional jujitsu event out there. I would imagine so. It right? is. Mean, yeah, yeah. I don't think you make that it's much. It's two hundred thousand
2: per per division. No, no it's total oh, yeah, total yeah. prize pot. Gotcha. But, I mean, ADCC's biggest payout is uh, forty thousand dollars for the uh, super fights. a super fight absolute. winner, and and for the absolute, absolute. right absolute. forty grand. That's uh, that's a lot of money. But I imagine if you have three weight divisions and there's a two hundred pound, a two hundred uh, grand uh, prize pot, then you're probably looking at it, fifty grand for the division winner. And to be honest, if you're gonna go up against 10 years' worth of you know, top-flight, elite-level grapplers who were all previous champions. You've earned it. you <laughs> earned it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That's yeah, a
1: tough payday. And it does raise some interesting questions. For example, Gianni Grippo's is invited to this King of Mats. He won World Pro last year. Does he take the chance of this insane competition, or does he just compete at World Pro again? Mm. Where
2: there is a 15 grand US dollars, 15 grand prize for
1: winning the Black Belt division, does he do both? Hmm. Which actually he could because King & Mats is on a Tuesday and black belts do not start, I think, until Friday. Mm-hmm. So he still has time to recover for maybe two days and, then of course, the finals will be on Saturday. That and weekend.
2: the divisions are pretty small at uh, World Pro as well, right? Usually it's like about four fights to win gold, uh, obviously against international competitors. Mm-hmm. But if he goes in, he could literally have a couple of matches and then wait through days and pretty have pretty a couple good
1: week. Pretty good week of jiu-jitsu if you come home with, you know, $65,000. <laughs>
2: Hell yeah, man! Seven. that would be huge. Right? <laughs> <laughs> think about that sixty five grand for a week's work. I'd take two years off and like have a semi <laughs> semi retirement. Just go traveling around the world, do hang think, out.
3: Do we think these guys are going to turn up though? I yeah. mean, I'd show up for that kind of payday. I, I think mean, these are the, the they're yeah, the Andy most competitive guys me. out there, right? These are the guys at the top of their their brackets. I would love
1: to see Hoffa Mendes come back, man. It would be a treat to to watch him. He's still super young. Um, Adolfo Vieira has been in yep. MMA for a few years now or at least you know training for it so there's so many names I want to see um, and you could see some interesting matchups that maybe we wouldn't have seen before because
2: usually we only get uh, athletes from different weight divisions fighting in the absolute right mm. and that eliminates like 90% of lightweight competitors because the majority of them don't do it right but then think about it you could get somebody like Michael Musumeci going up against Masio Andre mm. because those guys are both previous mm. lightweight and under World pro winners so that's a light featherweight against a featherweight stroke lightweight i mean that that's kind of a pretty cool idea right
0: there right yeah, I love when they when they Combine weight classes, make less weight classes, and so you see those interesting
1: matches. It's fun. This could be fun. And this, uh, I believe, starts April 24th. That's a Tuesday. So we'll be definitely keeping everyone updated on who actually is going to register, show up, and uh, any other details that emerge. But, man, I'm pumped for King of Mats.
2: Yeah, I'm just I'm just scanning through the list of potential guys that we could see here. Tanquinho, Hafa Mendes, Joao Miao, Masu Andre, Gianni Grippo, Michael Musumeci, Satoshi, Durino, Michael Lange, Cala Galvão, Lucas Lepri, Gabrielajes, Rusha, Rodolfo, Leandro Lowe, Bragonetto, Braulio Steamer, Cyborg, I mean, Urberth, Felipe Pena, Shanji Hibero, Bam. That's Every-
3: a, that is literally that is an all star lineup, right? Everybody there. you wanna see. And, yeah. and it's a tournament. It's not a, it's, they're not super fights. So we could see some like crazy matches going up to the final.
2: Well, well, obviously, if we get updates about uh, who is confirmed for this tournament or for this for this King of Mats event, then uh, we'll be sure to let you guys know. But, man, fingers crossed again. But it uh, seems that like we could get some really cool matches there. All right. Uh, Pants is coming up next weekend, and uh, we've already talked a little bit about that. But... We got something special, we got a, a video
0: read, right? Oh what man, just one of my, the best parts about PANS, last, especially last year, was that there were so many submissions last year. It was such a crazy submission fest. Um, and uh, so going back, looking, we did a little video, top 10 submissions there. I just wanna get everybody's opinion on, on some of these submissions here because um, there's just a whole bunch of crazy ones. Um, this is all from 2017, IBJJF PANS, what do you guys think was the best one? Because literally all 10 of these submissions are pretty wild. Hudson, of course, now is going to be in the black belt division here. So. Really looking forward I think it. Oh, it. oh, man, I love right that. there. That
2: is so it's sneaky. So basic,
3: so
0: sneaky. Yeah. No, that hurt.
2: Oh, I couldn't even. I remember when Marigali caught this. I didn't think it Look would be possible. Look how he uses his possible. legs. This crazy. I didn't think it would be possible to choke out Naladi. I've never seen the guy submitted. He's got no neck. Yeah. Look
0: at that guy. <laughs> 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 Leave it to Marigali. Oh, this
2: was the fastest choke at Pants, right? Saw, right.
0: so there. He There, he does tap, but he taps on the loose collar, so he doesn't. And the referee feel it. was on the other His side. The referee didn't was he on the other it. side. Watch this back take. Oh, oh. I, lo- I love that. No, this is Marcia the guy. He, he
2: choked out Sajorio here of BTT, but Sajorio then went on to beat him at,
0: uh, World, at just, Worlds. Yeah, just a few months later. Yeah. Upset Marcio André. So like we a-
2: said, pans and worlds. One feeds into the other. John another Holmes. another upset here. First round. Marcus Tonocco, who had just won the European Championships, got tapped out by John Combs in the opening
3: round of the PANS last year. That you don't was want to test John upset.
1: Combs' guillotine, man. That thing is quick. Yeah. No, know it
3: doesn't matter. John Combs is going to finish that thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, this is one of the most creative submissions I've ever seen. I thought this was submission of the year. Yeah, personally. this is a wild one. This is a wild oh. submission.
0: He's, got, he's in this omoplata, but he's not tapping to the plata, so he switches to this Kimura. Double attack. That's a brutal one.
1: Now, did he just bite his arm there? What was that? Grit in his teeth. This is, of course, comeback maybe of the event. Leandro was down on points. Knew he needed to, to make something happen here. And he just dives on it. Look at that. Joao oh. doesn't even tap. Absolute. Joao just, just savage hold. the That was the absolute final. Absolute final. final. This is the uh, middleweight final. Man, 30 seconds into the match, too.
0: Right away. <whistles> Look at that. It just goes to show how strong um, Octavio is there, because he finishes it super quick. And he doesn't even have the arm passed across or anything. It's not like a traditional triangle, huh? This is a crazy one. Oh, man. That was so, so quick. quick. Man,
2: if there's anybody who I like, wouldn't want snapping a knee bar on me, it's that guy.
0: Well, he steps back into Dude, this if. knee bar. Full body weight. Yes. <laughs> that is a nasty one. But of course, number one.
1: The Gogol Plata King. The Gogol
0: Plata. A graphic
3: contributor. Josh not, not the prettiest of submissions. He just but jams him. his foot <laughs> <laughs> over foot John Sattava's face. face, man. That's a rough one. Eat foot. He's oh, got his, his
0: man. nasty foot in your face, and you're just like, get.
2: Oh.
3: I
0: look
2: at Josh's one. face. He's just like, yeah, but He's finished that a couple more times, He did too. that all right. year last yeah. year. Yeah. So, yeah, Unfortunately, we won't see
1: Josh uh, at this pants. He's just finished his... International world tours in Thailand, oh, yeah. Australia, New Zealand. Bit jealous of that. That road teaching trip. everybody moves yeah. just like that. Yeah. Well, sure. I gotta say, I mean, you guys rolled with Josh. Uh, thankfully,
2: thankfully, I felt the I was, platter. I was injured that day, so I was I was on the sidelines with a bum
1: elbow. But you guys got to roll with him, and it looked horrific. Nah, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, man. Feeling him really cycle through his his chokes was just crazy the guillotine the art the Dars, everything was just yeah yeah he was just like five steps ahead of you you know
0: like i'd shoot in and he, and he would but i obviously knew the guillotine was coming so i tried to defend it immediately but he was already five steps ahead to anaconda and it was well you know after that day because we were in
2: Athos in san diego and you guys rolled and i obviously seen josh compete a bunch of times but seeing him in the gym is a different thing right you get to see the guy like just go through sequences of moves again and again and again. And I was like, man, that choke series that he's got—that's legit. And I actually—I I acquired his uh, his teen, uh, instructional set, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, man, I, I changed my game. Like, I gotta say, like, I've always liked going for guillotines, and I've always liked that kind of like ten-finger guillotine, you know, the chin strap and stuff. But Josh's details—the way that he was getting it and using the overhook, and especially attacking it from like top position, top half guard, and stuff. I started playing with it, and I started catching some really good guys with it, like in the ghee. And uh, then, you know, like the the, the technique that he's going for right there, the team into like the platter, right, mm-hmm. the the Matt gogo platter from from top position, all just feeds one into the other. I was like, man, Josh, thank you very much because that changed my game. I never told you that, but it
0: really <laughs> did. So. Yeah, I definitely know the um, the ghee team's a, a powerful position. But what, what I know, you're saying you like the. Um, the uh, modified the, the um, shoulder lock. Yeah, yeah, Lieras, right? Yeah, that, yeah. That As that was your favorite. Yeah. What was your favorite there, Hal? Is the Goga Plata? Man, uh,
2: I mean, it was for me. It was the most spectacular. But um, I don't know, actually. Uh, I gotta say, I, I think it was just such an impressive feat. Marigali loop choke in Naladi. You know? <laughs> yeah, that and, is a sick one. Like, I mean, the guy—he it would have been a loop choke like this big for a start, right? And he closed his guard around Naladi as well. That's like. You have to be Murigali Three different
0: that. wins right there
2: and, and, he was, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he was working on that For a couple minutes like, like He was you, like yeah, He had yeah. the loop choke, loop choke And then um, But he was working on it And then he like stood up there And he came up with him And like readjusted the loop we, choke Remember
2: the, the year The breakout year for Murigali When he really came on our radars oh, a yeah, Europeans, Europeans. Mm-hmm. And you had that savage clip Tell us about that Oh uh, No yeah
0: I just remember shooting I forget where the other guy Was from there But he had the same thing He had a loop choke And the guy stood, stood up To get out of the loop choke Back up, oh, he and and then it, while he was standing up, he he passed out, and and so when he when Marigali unlaced the loop choke the guy was the guy was unconscious so he stood up to defend the choke and then just fell back like yeah it was a brutal brutal choke
2: and that, that, at that point I was like oh damn Marigali's got some loop chokes <laughs> and he's hit it a bunch since right I mean yeah. he used it to pass Leprey's guard uh, sorry Lucas
1: Leitch's guard that's right and, uh, almost finished him but then got the back from that yeah he yeah, dove right? on it for, like while he was passing right? yeah. top position it's really right? cool like, man He, I, I've been trying it myself but I have not hit it but you have your hand in the collar and wait for them to sort of come up to push against you to frame against it, and you just loop it. And It's, yeah. it, it, it's crazy. Hmm. What was your favorite? You. Um, I have to say, I, I love Leandro's toehold, man. Just the moment, it's the absolute final. Everyone's it's been a great set of finals all day. We saw a bunch of submissions, and um, he th- just finished it with authority. You know, yeah. he, he just, messed yeah. up
2: Joao's ankle yeah. with that as well. I remember Joao telling me months later that his, that his ankle was still bad from that. And uh, well, we he didn't even tap, right? He just kind of like screamed. Yeah, yeah. I could imagine it was a, like a pop, pop, pop. So. Yeah, that's why you it was don't, just
0: so yeah. impressive when when Marigali beat him, is because it was like mm-hmm. everything was going Leandro's way. The way he submitted Joao in the absolute finals, beat Calasans at Europeans absolute finals, and it
3: was like, man, this is Leandro's day. Anyway, 2018 <laughs> is anything like 2017. We are in for a treat.
0: Yeah, I like that Erberth uh, Santos knee bar, though. That was, that's
2: and Any so submission
1: slick. where you just sit into it and hit it is just so
0: satisfying
2: to watch. Yeah, just, boom, yeah. it's on. Smooth. Yeah, yeah super smooth. Like I said, Uba Santos, for me, he's probably one of the most terrifying guys in jujitsu. And I, I, I oh man, I wouldn't even wait until that leg was locked out.
0: I'm just like, tap, let go, yeah. let me yeah. out of here. I yeah. need to escape. So ew. it came on so quick. That's what made it so sweet. That's his game. <laughs> All right, guys. Well,
2: uh, it's been a pleasure once again. It's been, uh, it's been fun today, actually. I, got, I think this PANS, pre-PANS energy is uh, got us sort of all pumped psyched, up. Right? <laughs> and it's going to be huge. The PANS starts on March 8th, runs through to March 11th. So that's four days of nonstop jiu-jitsu. You can watch every match, every mat, live or on demand, only on flowgrappling.com. It's the place to be. See you guys there.